1: Yo, Yo, it's time to talk that sports talk with Cooper and Big Man.
0: talking so people
1: talking for us. time to tackle this beat don't ever count us out cause we always kicking out we go off with people and put the smack down on the street new desperatis in town we going all elite Mess around got a triple double on them something like OG slam ducking on him. we got what you want we got what you need, we bringing the heat You wanna talk this and that, and well, we want that Hall of Fame shack You always see us swinging for the fences So watch out ladies and gents, cause we hitting the last track of the fifth section And you know we gonna keep you guessing Tag teaming on these haters, sending up blessings We gonna keep praying for you, cause you know that old saying Don't hate the player, hate the game that's the thing that separates us. We're on that road to greatness, and there ain't no stopping us. We, them go getters, and we're gonna go get it. Shut it down like a no hitter with three balls and two strikes, two away. We're throwing that splitter, you never seen it coming. Something like an arcade, whoa. We gotta keep the crowd jumping. And if you ain't down with that, we got four words for you. Three balls, because it's Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man.
0: once again, ladies and gentlemen, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and as always, joining me, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. You ready for tonight? I am. We got some football talk. Oh, yes, baby. F- football talk. That's what's up. The Let's do it. The sport of kings, baby. Yes. or well, at least the sport of America. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Let's start off with some NCAA top 25 scores from the bowl season. Let's get it. Alright, first off, we had number 16, BYU, upending Central Florida, 49 23. We had Liberty upsetting number 12, Coastal Carolina, 37 34 in overtime. Number 19, Louisiana beat Utah Texas. uh, No, it's Utah Texas. (laughs) Ha ha! Wow! University of Texas of San Antonio, 34 or 37 30. No, 31 24 for the next score. I'm on it tonight, aren't I? (laughs) Number 21, Oklahoma State beat number 18, Miami, 37-34. Number 20, Texas rolls, Colorado, 55-23. Unfortunately for Florida, they lose to the Oklahoma Sooners, number 6 in the nation, 55-20. Ball State beat San Jose State, who was number 22 in the nation, 34-13. Number 1, Alabama beat number 4, Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl in Dallas, 31-14. Ohio State with the upset over the college football playoff winning 49-28 over number two Clemson. Number nine, Georgia, barely squeaking by number eight, Cincinnati, 24-21. Northwestern shutting down Auburn, number 14, Northwestern shutting down Auburn, 35-19. Number 5, Texas AM rolling number 13, North Carolina, 41-27. Number 10, Iowa State, beating number 12 25, Oregon, 34-17. Ole Miss upending number 11, Indiana, 26-20. And unranked Kentucky taking out North Carolina State, who was 23rd in the nation, 23-21. And we are six days away from the national championship game. Number three, Ohio State taking on number one, Alabama. Koopa,
1: who you got? Dude, we're taking Alabama on this one, brother. We are. I don't think Ohio State has got
0: the guts. I really don't think so. I think they spent all that energy on focusing on Clemson and making sure they got their revenge from last year. Revenge on Dabo Sweeney saying they were only the 11th best team in the nation. And and also a lot of people thinking they didn't belong in the college football player for only playing six I, games. I practice. still don't
1: think they belong there, but that's just me. I think
0: whatever happened in that game was a fluke. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yes, sir. All right, man, let's take care of some uh, NCAA notes. Let's do it. Doc Holiday is no longer Marshall Suckleberry, as he was informed that his contract would not be extended. Doc Holliday has spent the last 11 years as a head coach of the football team when he was hired in 2009. His record was 84-54 and at Marshall, in which he led the team to a Conference USA Championship in 2014. And three division titles. This past season, he won for the second time Conference USA's Coach of the Year Award. Marshall started out 7-0 and this season and even made it to the top 15, made it up to 15 in the AP poll. However, the team would lose its next three games it played, including the Conference USA Championship game against the University of Alabama at Birmingham and the Camilla Bowl to Buffalo. Cooper, your thoughts on... Not the Gunslinger Doc Holliday, the head coach Doc Holliday, <laughs> no longer being Marshall's Huckleberry. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, that's the way it goes. You don't know, win games, you lose your job, and that's pretty much what happened here. So
0: there you go. Yeah, I've always uh, been an admirer of the University of Marshall or Marshall University. I can't remember if it's University of Marshall or Marshall University, but anyways, I've been a fan of the Thundering Herd for some time. Even before about Rainy Moss went there and stuff, oh, I've always had a soft spot for them because of what happened in nineteen seventy. I know we weren't around in nineteen seventy, we're sixteen years too late for what happened yeah. at that time. But having losing pretty much your entire football team to a plane crash, all of its coaches and everything and staff, it was just just devastating for a university that's been through a lot, so I've always just had a soft spot for Marshall. Oh
1: definitely, man. So
0: Hopefully, their next coach um, helps put, keep them pushing up. I mean, well, like you said, they were up to 15th in the nation in the eight people. So, they got – it seems like they got some talent. Um, hopefully, the cupboard's not too barren depending on how many seniors leave yeah, this year. Yeah, sometimes it's just, that's so, just how it goes, though. It sucks, too, yeah. because when they
1: – you know, you see a coach doing well, and then all of a sudden they're not, and they get fired. It's
0: like – All right. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, man. Next up, we have – Number one, Alabama again looked impressive as it easily handled number four, Notre Dame, 31-14 in the first game of the college football playoff. Mac Jones finished the game 25-30 of for 297 yards and four touchdowns. His go-to target and fellow Heisman hopeful, Devontae Smith, finished with seven receptions for 130 yards and three touchdowns. Smith just seems to be unguardable at times, which is the reason why he is a Heisman finalist and possibly will be the first wide receiver taken in the 2021 NFL draft in April. Najee Harris also had 15 carries for 125 yards, who may end up being the first running back off the board in the draft as well. Cooper, your thoughts on Alabama roll-tiding all over Notre Dame? This team is just
1: just stout, dude. There's, mm. I mean, Mad Jones, Devontae Smith. Oh man, dude. Two Heisman hopefuls. It's just like there's no way you're gonna beat these. These guys, man, so yeah. It is what it is and we'll see what they do And I can't wait to see what they do in the NFL, dude. Yeah. Cause Devontae Smith is supposed to be I mean he he could be the next Jerry Rice. Ooh, I say a lot. Ah but I mean look look
0: the way he plays, dude. So yeah, he's a lot faster than Jerry. So there you go. Alright, man, number three Ohio State man handled number two Clemson at the line of scrimmage and was able to keep Trevor Lawrence in check most of the game as the Buckeyes routed the Tigers 49-23. However, I do believe Ohio State would get away with many holding penalties, and the ref called one of the lousiest targeting penalties to date on linebacker James Skalski, which put the Tigers behind the eight ball. Uh, Ohio State coach Ryan Day does believe that Justin Fields, their quarterback, will be available for the national championship game against number one Alabama. Cooper, your thoughts on the Ohio State Buckeyes steamrolling the number two team in the nation. Clemson
1: Tigers. I mean, like you said, you lots of holding calls that weren't called. Sh- shit that just wasn't called. Period. Yeah. So, um, and I just don't see it. I don't see them getting to, to you know, getting to the quarterback that many times. Yeah. You know, there, there was some holding calls that was missed, and uh, you know, I just think they it threw them off their off their rhythm, and you know, I think that. It was had something to. Do, I think this. I hate to say it, but I think the game was kind of thrown. Yeah. I mean, it like I, it. it doesn't. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah. It really the, doesn't. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's all I got to say about that. Cause I I watched a little
0: bit of the game, then I shut it off because it was really getting on my damn nerves. So. Yeah. All right, man. Number seven, Florida, got ruled by number six, Oklahoma, in the Cotton Bowl, 55 20. The Gators were without receivers uh, Tony and Grimes and tight end Pitts as they opted out of the game to prepare for the draft. The Gators were also without wide receiver Copeland, who missed the game due to a positive COVID 19 test. The lack of offensive weapons proved too much for Trash to overcome as the Gators' offense seemed to be stuck in the mud against Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, I really don't think it was Trash's fault. No, I not think at all. It, uh... You know, when you have that many people that, that, you know, bow out of the game or that many, you know, injury, you know, whatever. That many people that were out of the game, it mm-hmm. makes it hard for you to have targets. And it's just, you know,
0: I think they would have done better if uh, they would have played the bowl games. Yeah. So. All right, man. And the Oregon Ducks fans do have reason to worry as their quarterback situation appears to be in flux heading into next season. The team had transferred senior quarterback Anthony Brown in for the majority of the bowl game against Iowa State and it appears the coaching staff is not fully behind Tyler Shuck at this time. The QB room will be loaded next year as they'll have incoming true freshman and five-star recruit Ty Thompson Uh, will arrive on campus. I believe he's supposed to register early. Um, I believe is what his plan is, so he'll be there for spring camp. Uh, they will also have sophomore, returning sophomore Jay Butterfield, I believe a four-star recruit. Um, sophomore Cale Millen is a three-star recruit, but he has um, deep roots, family roots in the Pac-12, mostly in the Washington Huskies program, but still, that's not to go without saying. Sophomore Robbie Ashford is returning, as well as junior Bradley Yaffe returning as of this writing, and all could push Shuck in the camp in camp, um, this spring and also in the fall.
1: Yeah, dude, I, I don't know why they didn't start Brown from the
0: get-go. From the get-go of the season, we might have been better off. So It looked like it. There was times that Brown just appeared to run this offense a lot better. Um, he could move a lot quicker than uh, Shuck. Shuck is um, kind of like what Herbert was when it comes to the running game. It takes him a while to get going, but once he gets going, he's hard to stop because he's just long-legged yeah. and in it strides, you know. He doesn't have that quick burst like Brown has. Brown has that quick initial burst that gets him through the line of scrimmage and stuff quickly where Shuck didn't have that kind of burst. And I believe that cost him a few times um, trying to run run the ball when uh, he was trying to run through traffic instead of, you know, being able to outrun anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right, man. Um, One final note, even though I don't have it on here, though. uh, University of Texas did fire uh, Tom Herman as their head coach and replaced him with Steve Sarkeesian, offensive coordinator from Alabama. So, so Steve Sarkeesian gets a second chance at coaching as the head coach of a major program. What are your thoughts on Texas getting Steve Sarkeesian?
1: that's big, man. Yeah. Uh, Texas used to be really big in the NCAA,
0: and – It'd be nice to see them come back, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Yeah, a lot of people believe that um, NC, not that, they, it just helps giving you another regional area of talent if Texas it makes it more in, college football more interesting. Obviously, the SEC is so dominant, it's kind of hard to find interest outside of it, but Texas being one of those programs that if they're on top just makes the um, college football weekend a lot better for a lot of people. Oh, definitely, yeah. All right, man, let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about some NFL from a wild Week 17. Let's do it, baby. First up, we had the Buffalo Bills routing the Miami Dolphins 56-26. The Baltimore Ravens crushing the Cincinnati Bengals 38-3. Despite playing backups, the Steelers crawled all the way back against the Browns, almost pulling a two-point conversion and sending the game into overtime but just failing Browns winning 24-22. The Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions had an unbelievable game and a very sus- very suspectful roughing the passer call. Kind of cost the Lions that game. Vikings winning 37-35. The Patriots pretty much handled the Jets for most of that game, winning 28-14. The New York Giants, needing a victory over the Cowboys to have a shot at the playoffs, did so, beating them 23-19. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers struggled early against the Falcons but came on strong late, separating themselves from the from the Falcons quite easily, winning 44-27. The Green Bay Packers doing Green Bay Packer things, beating the Chicago Bears and locking up the number one seed, winning 35-16. Let's see here. Well, the number one seed in the NFC. <laughs> Uh, the Denver Broncos and Las Vegas Raiders were having themselves a heck of a ball game up in Denver. Raiders winning 32-31. Indianapolis Colts needing a victory over the Jaguars to secure their playoff spot. Managed to do so, upending the Jaguars 28-14. The LA Chargers beat the Kansas City Chiefs 38-21. Chiefs are the, already had locked up the number one seed in the AFC and started quite a few of their backups to give their starters rest, and also some people who hadn't had any injuries time to recover. And a game that was actually kind of shocking that my team actually won because we were minus quite a few of our talented players, but we managed to pull off a victory, winning 18-7 over the Cardinals. Rams, I would be saying that if you didn't know if I was a Rams fan already. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, the Seattle Seahawks didn't really need to win this game because they couldn't improve really on their um, seeding, but they managed to win anyways, 26-23 over the 49ers. The Saints crushed the Panthers 33-7. They were hoping if they could win, Packers lost, they would end up with the number one seed. Unfortunately, the Packers ended up winning there, so Saints will be number two. Titans needing to beat the Texans to lock up their spot as division champs wins 41-38. Derrick Henry, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, uh, ran for 250 yards, becoming, I believe, it's now the sixth player in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards. The king, man, the king. And the Washington Football Team beats the Eagles to may come the NFC least division champs, and that's right, it's the least because that division sucked this year. <laughs> you lo- You couldn't even. You had a team with no name win the division. Come on, what is that? <laughs> but they won 20 to 14. A lot of controversy in that game as well. So let's talk about some notes. Yesterday was Black Monday. Um, that's probably going to be culture, culture canceled too at some point because Black Monday, and they don't like things being called Black. Surprise, Black Friday is still around. Surprise, Black Tuesday is still even common courtesy to be called anymore, even though it was a historical event. Anyways. Black Monday came and went with only three head coaches losing their jobs, bringing the total to six. Joining Bill O'Brien, Dan Quinn, and Matt Patricia in the head coaching unemployment line are Doug Marone, Adam Gase, and Anthony Lynn. That leaves the Jaguars, Falcons, Chargers, Jets, Lions, and Texans looking for new coaches. Rumors are that the Jaguars' job is Urban Meyer's job if he wants it. It'll be interesting to see if he accepts the job, takes the job with another team, or returns to the college ranks, or just stays retired. Honestly, the most appealing job should be the Chargers job. They have their quarterback of the future who looks legitimate as a franchise quarterback. Plus, they have weapons around him already. And all they would need to do really is build up the offensive line and work on some of their defensive holes that cost them some games late in the year. Or basically late game <laughs> victories, basically when they had leads and blew them. And that team, um, if they can fix all those problems, we'll have a chance to challenge the Chiefs in the AFC West. Koopa! Your thoughts on the passing of Black Monday, and also um, which position, which job do you find most appealing right now of the six available head coaching spots? I would have to say
1: Chargers too, man, because they they already have a team established, basically. Yeah, I mean, so you're you're stepping in, and all you're doing is you're bettering the team by whatever it is you do, mm-hmm. and if you know. Say Urban Meyer does decide to come back,
0: maybe he will, you know,
1: go with the Chargers. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I just did say that the Chargers are, um, trying to get an interview with him, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now the Jaguars. The I heard competition. Um,
1: an interview on uh, Newsjax Four last night. Then talking about Shag Khan said there was no interviews done with Urban Meyer, so we'll see what happens with that. I'm not quite sure. So All right. Unless something happened today that I'm not aware of, last as of last night, it was mm-hmm. Shag Khan said that they hadn't even spoken to Urban Meyer. Yeah. So,
0: well, it was interesting because uh, yesterday's episode of the herd of Col- with Colin Coward, he had scheduled um, Urban Meyer to appear on the uh, show yesterday, but Urban Meyer um, declined coming onto the show because he didn't want to a- answer any questions. Related to his possible future as a coach in any of his possible, in in the NFL or college ranks. Oh, I got you. So, so he's
1: got something going on. So we, something seems to be going on. We just on. don't
0: know what. Yeah. We, yeah, we just don't know what. So he didn't want to answer. And um, Colin, of course, said he was fine with that because he's obviously, he wants, he'll ask the question because he basically, that's his rule with everybody that comes on. Colin gets to ask whatever he wants, and basically that's something he would have to ask. Yeah. Because people would want to know. So, And he said, so we respect um, Urban Meyer's wishes not to come on to the show because he knew he would have to ask that question. Oh, I'm sure he'll come on after. He, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So we'll see what happens with it, dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, man. The New York Giants feel they have reasons to feel slighted by the Eagles, who benched Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter for Nate Seyfield which pretty much all but guaranteed the win for the Washington football team. Though the Giants do have that griot, they also needed to win one of those games that they lost to get in instead of relying on someone else to win for them to get in. I kind of wrote this because basically this is how my team got into the playoffs. We need If we won, we were in. Or if we lost, we would have needed the Bears to lose. So basically it was still in our hands whether we made the playoffs or not. So yes... It sucks that somebody else kind of screwed you, but you shouldn't have had yourself in that situation to begin with. That's how I feel about that, it. That's how I
1: feel about it, too. Win your damn games, you won't have to worry about what other teams are doing. Exactly. So
0: there you go. That's right. So we, we agree, because that's yes, how my team made the playoffs.
1: Very much so, dude. I
0: um, mean, granted, the Bears did lose, but we didn't have to rely on that. That's
1: pretty shitty. that the, the, the division is so crappy that people are like, what happens if they lose? or What happens if they win? Right. It's like it's that crappy this year. That that's what everybody's
0: looking at. You yeah. know what I mean? All right. So a little bit back to uh, Colin Coward. Last week on the herd, Colin on uh, on the herd, Colin Coward. Colin had uh, had to take that Brady to the Bucks situation. is a lot like that of Manning to the Broncos. Uh, both are in the top. Both and both in that both are top notch quarterbacks who made the playoffs their first year. And improving the team from the year prior. He stated that it'd be no big deal that if Brady and the Bucks do not win the Super Bowl this year. Basically, everybody does better in their second year, anyways. However, the argument could be made that we're still talking about two different situations, honestly. One, it was questionable um, whether or not Peyton in the uh, what the paint what Peyton Manning the Broncos were getting. No one knew how he would perform with that neck contusion surgery he had, or whether it would even hold up if he took a big hit. Two people are claiming that Tom Brady is the goat, so anything short of a Super Bowl championship should be deemed a failure in that aspect. Cooper, what are your thoughts? Just throw it out there like that, yeah. Um, like, like I like I said uh, Sunday, I, I'm I'm sustaining. I'm not downing Brady. It sh- to him it would be a failure. Oh yeah,
1: definitely to him, dude. And Tom Brady. That man wants the ring. That's that's all that man wants. So yeah. uh, I think you're right in that aspect. That if he doesn't get that, then it doesn't solidify what he's doing. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it can't. Like you said, it can be argued that in their second year, they do do better. But look at what they've done so far. Right. I mean, this team last year wasn't even on the radar. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to see them actually doing something, and, and I mean. I'm not a Bucks fan, but I'm a Florida... We're Florida guys, so... To see a team in Florida actually doing something good is like, yes, finally. Yeah.
0: I mean, shoot, we almost had two teams in the playoffs. Yeah, we house. almost had a Dolph- The, the Dolphins. Dolphins, you know, just needed a victory. They couldn't do it, and they couldn't get the Jaguars to pull an upset, and they couldn't get the Steelers to pull an upset. Uh, well, it would have been an upset because they were running backups against the Browns, so... That's what they needed, or you know, like we've just said with the Giants. If you win your games, like you're that you should win, <laughs> right? it, you wouldn't have the, to worry about have it. To worry about what other teams are doing. I mean, basically, if you would have beaten Buffalo, you would have been in. But Buffalo, yeah, I think for it. Tom Brady, that's
1: all the man. He he wants is a his right. a ring, and that's right.
0: And especially if you're going to label him the goat, and that'll solidify it though. And Colin I mean. kind of calls him basically the goat too. Yeah. So it's like, so you can't sit there and tell me that it's no, not a big deal if they don't win the Super Bowl then. Oh, it's definitely a big deal. It's definitely a big deal. That's a failure. He went there to win a Super Bowl. He went there because the Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa. Tampa is a team that he knew he could take to a Super Bowl in Tampa. Yeah, it's going to be big, man. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so we'll see. All right, man, with another stellar performance against the Chicago Bears, That locked up the number one seed in the NFC playoffs quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. I almost thought I said that wrong. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers may have also locked up the MVP award as well. He finished the game 19 of 24 for 240 yards and four TDs to four different receivers. Rodgers ends the year with 4,299 yards passing, 48 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Though his yardage uh, total ranks seventh amongst quarterbacks, He led the NFL in TD passes and had a TD-to-interception ratio of nearly 10-to-1. Two touchdowns away from that. It's A high (laughs) 9-to-1 is basically what it was. Derrick Henry, though, does have a case for MVP as he finished with 2,027 yards and 17 touchdowns. Like I said earlier, becoming the sixth running back in NFL history to run for more than 2,000 yards in an NFL season. See, here's my deal. Okay, here's what I have to say about this.
1: All right. Quarterbacks and running backs are two different beasts. Mhm. Okay. I think Derrick Henry deserves it more. You know why? Oh. Cuz a running back is a one-man band, dude. Sure you got you got block, you got your blockers and all that you got your offensive linemen that don't get the credit that they deserve. But that running back has to find them holes and has to find them yards. No matter what, you hand him the ball. He's got to do the work. Yeah. Okay? I think Derrick Henry is King Henry. He deserves the MVP. But do I think he'll get it? Probably not because it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, he's a beast. And he's proven himself over the years. So if he gets it, then my hat's off to him. Either way, which way this goes, I really don't care because I think they're very both. I think they're both great players, and I, I enjoy watching them both. Yeah,
0: I don't worry. You're gonna probably get hurt though. For Derrick Henry, not only for the fact that he, because he plays running back, but they're gonna look at that game against Cleveland, where he had only 60 yards against Cleveland and no touchdowns and the green bay game at green bay where he was held to 98 yards and no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, I think those those games will probably come back to haunt him a little bit. Cuz well, that then they're also going to look at the buffalo game where he owned only 57 yards. They're going to look there's quite a few games where he's held under 100. Where obviously if any of these he hits over 100, he also sets the NFL rushing record too. Yeah. So I think those games might end up costing him. Some will say that there's some games that Rodgers had um, that didn't look good. You know, he didn't look good against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, especially after they went up like I think it was like ten nothing, and then just I don't think they scored again the rest of the way. And he threw a pick six and almost threw another one. <laughs> so if the guy catches it, I believe. so he's had his. He didn't have. He's had some games where he's like eh, but when you throw. Almost a ten to one touchdown to interception ratio. Yeah, that's that's badass. That's crazy, and also the, his total TDs of forty-eight passing was more than their punter had in punts. The punter Damn. punted forty-six times all year, and he threw forty-eight touchdowns. That's that's awesome. So, I mean, I might have to just sit here and do a discount double check. <laughs> to pretty, pretty much.
1: I mean, I, I feel either way, it doesn't matter which way it goes for me. I, I still think they're both great players. Yeah. But like I said, with, with you know, the running back, he does it
0: all on his own. Well, I can tell you but, one thing. If he just walked away right now, I would have a hard time saying that you can't say Henry's not a Hall of Famer right now. Exactly. Because he ran for 2,000 yards.
1: You and I I were both talking about this kid before he was even in the NFL going. We
0: were watching him at Bama going, who is this kid? And why does he keep running people over? Uh huh. He's like a truck, dude. I'm like, my God, he won't stop. He's done things in the NFL, too, where you're just like, because you're like, okay, well, it's college, man. Everybody can run people over in college if you're that skilled. <laughs> yeah. But he does it in the NFL to professionals. hmm I mean, my God, that 99-yard touchdown run he had a few years back. Yeah, and he's not only that, what but he's a big dude. So the fact that a big dude can run as fast as he can run. Oh, oh like when he what? gets going, he's like a freaking runaway freaking semi-truck, dude. Yeah. Forget about it. It'd be like watching Blitz when you run people over. Oh, I know. I'm like, are we playing NFL Blitz right now in yeah. real life? What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Seeing him. Oh, when he chucked Josh Norman earlier against Buffalo, where he's just like, get off of me, and he just shoved him five yards away. It's like, what is that? I mean, man. I mean, I. I you can't really be wrong. See, that's the difference between a quarterback and a halfback, though. Quarterback. He just throws
1: pretty passes. He throws pretty passes. He's got to have a good block. He's got to have a good... He's receiver. got a good hands. got a good receiver.
0: Yeah.
1: All that. But I'm
0: saying, like, a running back, they pretty much do that shit on their <laughs> own, dude. Yeah. So... Well, I mean, the, the the right ones won't say they do it on their own. They'll say their linemen are Oh, astounding. yeah, their linemen.
1: That's, that's the thing. you got to have a good line for that shit. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know the way I look at it too. Eventually, you get away from the lineman, and eventually, you gotta be be on your own. And like you said, he can run people over, dude. So yeah.
0: Honestly, I don't see how you can get this wrong, either way. No, I I I mean it it it'd be it'd be one thing if he ran for like fifteen hundred yards, and had like twelve touchdowns, and he gave it to him. You're like, well, fifteen hundred yards, it's a it was a pretty good season for a running back. But when you run for 2,000? Yeah. He, and, Rod, and Rodgers had a great year. But honestly, it's like, either way, you really can't be wrong. There's no wrong answer to this MVP question to me. Co-MVP? No. Oh, sh- I wouldn't mind. <laughs> it's, it's been done before. Uh, I believe it, last time it was done, uh, uh, Steve McNair and um, Peyton Manning were co MVPs. Oh, there you go. Uh, why not? You can't be. It's not wrong. You hear that NFL co MVP? I mean, it's not wrong either. It would not be wrong. So we'll see what happens. We will. All right, man. So uh, that does it for us for football talk. Uh, next Tuesday, we'll let you all know who ended up getting the Heisman tonight. Uh, Sportsbooks had Devonte Smith as the favorite. The final four were Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Tr- Kyle Trask. I almost said Steve Trask for some reason. I <laughs> almost said his name wrong. Sorry, Kyle. My bad, bro. Uh, so we'll let you know who won that. Uh, of course, we'll have Saturday wrestling talk this coming week. Some interesting developments already happened with Monday Night Raw's Legend Night. Oh, yes. So then we got AEW Dynamite coming up, of course. And then, of course, Friday Night Smackdown as we start making our way to the road to WrestleMania. Oh, yes. First stop, Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. One of my favorite pay-per-views. Second favorite pay-per-view for oh, me, yes. baby. Just because First it ties. WrestleMania. Yep. Second. Is the Rumble. Is the Rumble. Third is SummerSlam. Third is SummerSlam. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then fourth is Survivor Series. Mine would have been the Great American Bachelor that kept it. Hmm. Only because I liked how patriotic it was. Yeah, that's true. So, yes. So, Survivor Series by default is my fourth. Anyways. So, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. So, of course, then we'll also recap some great weeks in basketball because Steph Curry looks like he might be back. Yes. Baby. As he dropped a, a high number of points recently, and we'll discuss. <laughs> we'll discuss next Sunday. This is going to be interesting. Yes, week three basketball has been quite interesting thus far. I cannot wait. All right, that will do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking sports. sports.